any time of the morning to you. Or <laughs> afternoon, evening, middle of the night, whatever it might be. Hey, how you doing? My name is Michael. I am your host. This is an FBTV podcast extra. What does that mean exactly? I don't know. We'll make it up as we go along. <laughs> it means that uh, we are going to be attempting to bring you a couple of extra podcasts a week. We're still going to have the same live, well, not live, but the video podcast we'll do on Wednesday. At least that is the plan to do them on Wednesday. You know, it's not, you know how that works. Sometimes we get them done on Wednesday and sometimes not. But this is a Tuesday edition, Tuesday, July 27th, 2021 podcast. And on these podcasts, as opposed to the ones on Wednesday that are uh, video, you get a video podcast on Wednesday. This is audio only. <clears throat> and we're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff. I mean, we do, we do a little bit of that on uh, the Wednesday, but we're pretty much... I'd say 95% transportation related. This is more, well, we're going to be pretty transportation related. We're going to have one topic, at least right now. The plan is to talk about one topic on these uh, extra podcasts. And in the future, there'll probably be uh, Monday and Friday. So you're going to have the Monday and Friday extra, the Wednesday video podcast, Tuesday and Thursday. I go fishing. <laughs> I wish. Kate, right now, though, it's, 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 it's uh, scorching. I don't know where you are, but it is scorching here. I mean, we're talking wind, uh, wind chills, uh, heat index. It feels like, you know, the feel like stuff. Let's see. What are they saying today? I think they were talking about up to 105, 112, something like that. Nope, load on. Yeah, 105 to 112 heat index. That's nuts, man. That is hot. And if you're a driver, and you, or even if you're not a driver, and you're in this uh, heat dome, as they're calling it, where I, I saw it a minute ago, saw it on the news. Hold on, just a second. Let me see if I can find it. Where did it go? Uh, I went past it, I think. Hold on, I've, I've got, I've got my uh, interweb, as they call it, internet app. Where'd it go? Oh uh, no. Well, I don't know. They're calling it a, a, a heat dome. And uh, it's not good. It's uh, causing, well, I think, uh, what, last week or earlier this month, it was up in the uh, northwest part of the country where the temperature was just terrible, hot. I can't find it now. Isn't that the way it goes? You know, I, I was sitting here looking at it a moment ago. And, uh, Thought, no, I'm not going to talk about that. And here we are talking about it. Oh, mm. oh well, it is what it is, right? Where did it go? <laughs> All right. What was it? Ah, okay, here it is. Two words you didn't really want to hear right now. Heat dome. Um, another one coming. The exact same type of system that uh, roasted the Northwest at the end of June is in play this week. And I'm in Arkansas and we are feeling it. Yesterday, my plan. Well, okay, Saturday, uh, I took the boat, went to the lake. And by, I was on the water by 6.15, 6.30. 
And uh, by eight o'clock, I mean, forget it. Yeah, it was. You would have thought you were middle of the day. It was just hot and sun beating down at eight o'clock in the morning. Okay, so I, I came off the water about noon. When I go early, I'm usually off the water by noon. Sunday, my son and I had plans to go, and we we left. And uh, this time, we went to the river. Well, and I, well, it is the river. I don't care. They call it Kerr Lake or whatever, but it's the river. And uh, oh, it was beautiful. The you know the wind was blowing, keeping things cool. It was kind of cloudy up to the north. It had some storms or whatever. Matter of fact, that morning I saw the lightning when I was hooking up the boat. But uh, surely calls for a nice day. Now, granted, by eleven thirty, when all that passed, it started getting hot again but we got home before the uh the worst part of the day and i was thinking sunday okay monday i'm gonna take i need to you know wash my boat it's an aluminum it's a uh pro tracker 195 tournament edition i've loved that boat since i saw it the first boat i got was a 160 and i still have that until somebody wants to take it off my hands. Hint, hint. <laughs> anyway. If you are interested in buying a Tracker Pro 160, it's a good bone. Perfect condition. I bet the motor, motor doesn't have eight hours on it because I use trolling motor more than anything. But anyway, got that available for you. And that's, that's, if you're interested in that, you know how to get hold of me. Okay. Call me, email me, whatever you want to do. Uh... But the uh, when I got it, I saw actually I I, I saw what the the tracker one seventy five or one seventy what was it something like that, and I I thought wow that's a good looking boat. And then I thought why why am I messing around with just go for the big one, you know? Now, now you may be saying well <laughs> come on Mike why didn't you get a fiberglass because fiberglass boats are like fifty sixty seventy eighty thousand dollars. And yes, the thought crossed my mind. As a matter of fact, after I got the aluminum boat, the 195 Tourney Edition, yeah, that thought was crossing my mind as well. You know, wh wh why didn't I just spend more money and get... Uh, be, well, I don't need a fiberglass bone. First of all, I just don't need one. If I was fishing tournaments all the time, pro tournaments and stuff like that, which uh, I do plan on doing some tournaments locally around this area, but uh, I, I just can't justify $80,000 boat. But anyway, uh, I mean, if, well, I, mean, I don't think I did. But anyway, I was thinking, if I told you this story, but maybe I, maybe I have, maybe I haven't. If I have told you, forgive me. You're going to hear it again. <laughs> but I, uh, I bought the boat. On a Friday, my 195, 150 horsepower Merc on it. Uh, good boat, good fishing boat. Really like it. First time out was Saturday. Went out on it. Had a had a great time. But one thing I figured out was I was going to use my well, okay. I got it back up a few years ago. I had a uh, 
Chevy HHR. I just liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought, okay, I'm going to get one of these. And I had one. I had one for about four or five years. And I traded it in on a Chevy Equinox. And at the time, had no plans on buying anything like a boat or anything to tow, which was stupid on my part. You know, here I am in transportation, trucking for years and years, RV transporter for years. And for some reason, I had it in my head. I didn't need anything that would tow anything. <laughs> Silly me. So I got a four-cylinder. <clears throat> a good car, though. You know, it, it was really a great car. Uh, fuel mileage not cracked up to what you would think, but it was still a good car. But uh, got the boat. Uh, got the 160, what, two years ago? And nothing to pull it with, except my wife's Dodge Journey, which is an SUV, and if you call it a van or a minivan, she will let you know quickly. It's an SUV. And the only difference I can see between an SUV and a minivan is uh, hers does not have the sliding passenger door. It has a door you actually open. <laughs> but anyway... Yeah, we, we're not going to dwell on that too much. But anyway, she had a six-cylinder. I could pull my little 160 with that, so I put a hitch on it and had no problem pulling that 160. You know, I think the boat and trailer didn't weigh over 1,500 pounds anyway, so no big deal. Matter of fact, it was so light, I even thought about putting a hitch on my, on my Equinox, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought, man, that's all I need is transmission problems. So I didn't do it. Well, anyway, let's fast forward to the Saturday. And we got to the lake. And if you're wondering, Tinkiller Lake in Oklahoma, up in north, uh, northeast Oklahoma, up there by Tahlequah. Got up there to the lake, got to the ramp, and I looked at the ramp, and her, her uh, Dodge Journey is uh, front-wheel drive. And I was thinking about it. Man. I've seen it videos on YouTube, you know, those tires spinning on a boat ramp. And I thought, okay, we're going to be able to get this boat launched, but we're not going to be able to get it off the ramp. Not with this vehicle. So went around to another ramp and found another ramp in the state park, actually, that was uh, less of an incline. Not as steep. And we were able to launch and reload the boat there, but I knew right then, okay, this I'm going to have to get a tow vehicle. So, yeah, Monday I went out looking for a truck. Well, Sunday I started looking for a truck. Ended up buying a uh, Chevy Silverado Z71 Trail Boss LT. Is that right? Didn't need that much truck, but I sure do like it. Didn't need that big of a payment. I won't like that, but, you know, that's story for another day. So anyway, the truck is about the same color as the boat. It's that cherry red or whatever they call it. So, uh, and to be honest with you, I did not go out with that intention. The, the first truck I was going to buy, it was a, it was a trail boss as well, but it had the real tree uh, camo stuff on it. And it was pretty sharp, but that was, that's what got me interested in the uh, trail boss LT. Went to the dealership, and they started playing games. You know, like a car dealership does. Like, we're idiots. And uh, 
I said, you know, no, we're not going to play this game. Thanks, boys. You had your opportunity. I'm going somewhere else. And I went over uh, to another dealer. I'll tell you right now, Blue Ribbon uh, Chevrolet, Blue Ribbon in Salas, Oklahoma. Fixed me up, had me done. It, it, was, it, was, it was just a pleasure doing business. And they're not a sponsor, but I'll, I'll, I'll give them credit. And uh, talk to Randall over there. Took care of me. No, no games. No, no tricks. No anything. Just sold me the truck, and uh, away I went. So now, yeah, I can pull that boat like it's not even back there. I mean, well, it is, but you know what I mean. The trick I'm trying to learn now is self-launch. Yeah, if you go fishing by yourself, you got to be able to launch it on your own. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've been able to do it, but the first time I did it, got my feet wet. You know, I've been trying to get it to a point to where I can do it without getting my feet wet. Finally did it the other day, but it still has some... I'm still going to have to practice it a little bit before it's perfected. The technique. If you've got a boat, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, enough about that stuff. What are we talking about today? Well, the t- today's topic is not about boats. Actually, it's about the driver shortage. I'm uh, referring to the article in Transport Topics from July 20th. That article states an additional 105,000 truckers are going to be needed by 2023. That's according to the ATA chief economist. Now, if you're wondering about the ATA, here's my thoughts on the ATA. You may have heard me express these before. ATA, American Trucking Association. They are kind of an organization for the big trucking companies. Not the little guys. I don't think they care too much about the little guys. You know, you got to be a big trucking. You know, when I say big trucking companies, I'm talking about the Swifts, the U.S. Expresses, the Schneiders, the JBs, that kind. Mom and Pops, not so much. Anyway, they're yelling, screaming at the top of their lungs. Driver shortage. Now, if you go over to OIDA, they're so anti-driver shortage, it's not even funny now. If you're not familiar with OIDA, that's Owner-Operator Independent Driver Association. And they and I will butt heads occasionally. But I'll throw my support behind OIDA before I will ATA any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Because they're more for the little guy. Now, sometimes they get on tangent, that's where we disagree. You know, they get off on blaming brokers for everything and, well, neither here nor there. Uh, matter of fact, I'll just give you an example. Back back in the day, uh, when the broker bond was ten thousand dollars, they were trying to get up to seventy five. Well, OIDA and TIA—that's Transportation Intermediaries Association—they usually butt heads every day of the week. But on this one point, raising the bond to well, they want one hundred and fifty thousand originally, then a hundred, and uh, the government gave them seventy five for the broker bond, property broker surety bond. But they uh, they teamed up. When OIDA, <laughs> TIA, TIA teams up on something, uh, something ain't right. You know, something's not right. But uh, yeah, it's neither here nor there. TIA, you know, their Transportation Intermediaries Association, not a big, big fan of theirs either. And uh, mainly... Well, for a couple of reasons. They're, they're more focused on the big brokerages, not the mom and pop. You know, that, that's what they try. If you went back to uh, uh, the bond, 
when they were trying to get it increased, if you were looked at the board of directors on the TIA, you would have seen a lot of members on that board from big broker houses. Big broker companies. No mom and pops. And to this day, I think they wanted the bond increase, that they were a major proponent uh, for it, to run off the little guy. Get rid of him. Now, if you don't know already, I'm a consultant for Taltoa, the lead consultant for Taltoa, and I was telling my clients back then not to worry. Insurance companies will come to the rescue because they'll come up with a product that you can pay an annual premium and it'll be affordable. Now, it took a few months, but they did. You know, I see bonds now. Well, I got a client just got a bond here the other day for two thousand bucks, seventy-five thousand dollar bond. Now you, I've seen them as low as nine hundred dollars. You know, across the board. Now they can go up. Depends on your credit uh, and your background and things like that. But uh, yeah, bond is affordable nowadays. You know, you can get you, you can be in business as a broker for uh, less than two thousand dollars, easy. But <laughs> There's still other things you got to take into consideration. You, you definitely want some type of insurance to protect you, even though it's not required. You know, you get out there and something goes wrong with the load and people start coming knocking at your door. You'll be glad you had insurance. You know, if you want to know about insurance, we, we, we'll talk about that another day. But for the most part, Arizona emissions, contingent cargo, general liability, things of that nature. But why is the ATA gun ho? On um, there's a driver shortage, and OOIDA kind of blow it off. Like, come on, there, it's just not real. And on this, I agree with OIDA. The driver shortage has been around since the beginning. Well, I guarantee you, uh, you go back to the beginning of ground, ground transportation in the United States when there was a team of horses and a wagon. There's probably a driver shortage then, too. But it's ridiculous today. $105,000 or $105,000. An additional 105,000 truckers are going to be needed in just a couple of years. That's nuts. Costello reported the trucking industry by Bob Costello. He's the chief economist for the ATA. He reported the trucking industry needed an additional 60,800 drivers in 2018, a shortfall that is expected to grow to 105,000 by 2023 unless recruitment efforts improve. Costello, this information is coming from a presentation that he delivered to the Motor, uh, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration's Motor Carrier Safety Advisory Meeting uh, a week ago. He identified various factors that are exasperating the driver shortage, ranging from lifestyle issues to the pandemic's limiting effect on departments of motor vehicles and driver schools. <laughs> he said he hears from fleets that companies can pay drivers less as long as they get them home every other night. Now, let's talk about that a moment. I think just about every driver out there, if you've been over to OTR, you thought, man, I'm getting tired of this behind, you know, being out here a week, two weeks at a time. Some of you guys are out there a month at a time. And longer, I get it. And you dream about getting a job where you can come home, sleep in your bed every night. Well, I'm here to tell you. 
uh, I did it. I, I was OTR for a long time. Then I came home and I got a, a driving job where I, I was local. Well, within a couple hundred mile radius. I was home every night. But what they don't tell you, I, I, I worked a lot harder. <laughs> yes, I was home every night, maybe for two or three hours. And I made less money. There is a payoff there. Or, you know, there's a... <laughs> so, the, the being home every night... It's good if you want to be home every night, if you can make it work. But, man, it, for me... And I, I stayed home. You know, I did it for a while. But, uh, Jiminy Crickets. OTR was a... I, I, I liked it much better, but I got tired of it. I, I get it. You know, it's one of those... Doggone if you do, doggone if you don't deals. Anyway, Costello goes on to say maybe there's more to the story. Maybe it's also about lifestyle. I think this really gets into the lifestyle issue, he says. Route length and the ability for drivers to get home regularly as a connection to driver turnover. Track driver turnover rates generally are higher for OTR fleets than local ones, according to Costello. Large for higher truck load driver turnover rates were 90% for OTR operations, 20% for local operations in uh, 2020. Well, Bob, it's always been around 90% turnover. I mean, that's just the way it is. What it, If you're a driver, you, you probably... Now, there are some drivers out there that this stuff will not apply to, and I understand it, and I appreciate it, but there are a lot of drivers that this will apply to, and I get it. You're in the truck. You're 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 uh, you're 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 beating your brains out for whatever trucking company you're driving with, and you get tired. Maybe not so much anymore with the ELDs, but I know with the paper logs, it was this way. You know, you're you're a runner, and uh, you just run yourself out. You burn out. And you're tired, and you're out there on the road. The dispatcher's supposed to get you home. Your next load is bringing you home. And you make your empty call, just waiting for that dispatch for the load getting your home, and the dispatcher pulls this on you. Oh, man. Listen, I need you to do me a favor. And that's, that's, you're tired, you're worn out, you're expecting to go home, you're ready for some time off, and now, I need a favor. Don't you hate hearing that from a dispatcher? I mean, seriously? <laughs> you know? I need a favor. That favors don't mean diddly. You can do a dispatcher a favor and they're going to forget it five minutes later. As soon as you say, yeah, I'll do it for you, they forgot. You can even remind them, hey, remember back I did that favor for you? What favor? I don't remember you doing anything for me. Now, not all dispatchers are that way, but uh, by golly, I'm sure if you're a driver... You have one or have had one, probably more than one, in your career. You know, if you just get us home like you, you know, you, you said you were going to, don't, don't play these games. You know, dispatcher games, what we called them, or what I called them. But anyway, route length. You, you know, another thing, too, is uh, I, I used to hate the overnight runs. You know, four, five, six hundred mile runs. You know, unload today, pick up a load this afternoon. It's always you unload in the morning, pick up a load in the afternoon. 
to deliver the next morning. Man, that will wear you out because you're all day waiting for a dispatch, waiting, waiting, waiting. You can't sleep. You're waiting. You know, you're, you know you're going to get that call any minute. And then, uh, you know, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, okay, you got to hurry up. Get over there right now. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get pick it up, and they want it delivered tomorrow. So you've been up all day. Now you're running over there to get loaded. Now you got to drive all night, and you're tired. You know, that, that, that does it too. Anyway, Costello says turnover can be impacted by a variety of other factors, including driver treatment by shippers, receivers, and fleets. Also, Costello said fleets will try to recruit each other's drivers, sometimes offering recruits the opportunity to drive new trucks. Well, yeah, that's going to happen. Duh. You know, I, I still get stuff. I haven't drove in years, and... Uh, I still get stuff in the... I got something from Schneider just the other day. Hey, come drive with us. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just chuckle. Glad to know. It's always nice to know you're, you're still in demand. <laughs> Even if I don't drive anymore. But uh, driver treatment by shippers. I, that was never an issue. Never an issue for me. Maybe it is for some, but... Uh, no, no, I'm not saying I wasn't treated bad by some shippers. You know, that's going to happen. I mean, if crying out loud, they don't know you. You don't know them. They don't ever see you again, probably. I remember I was up at a Costco up in New York someplace. And man, I was just going off. I was just in one of those moods. I was going off. And uh, come on, you got to, you know, blah, blah, blah. You got to get me unloaded. I've been here, blah, blah, blah. I just, you know, just. Just uh, cranky and uh, confrontational and unpolite. And the guy had a clipboard and, you know, where's, where's the, the warehouse manager? Blah, 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 blah. And he looks at me and goes, that's me. <laughs> I knew right then I was going to be there all day because I had just lit into the guy that makes the decisions of who gets unloaded first. I just looked at him and said, I'm going to be here all day, aren't I? He, shook, he said, yeah, I knew. He knew. He got me a little bit earlier, but. It was it was kind of comical because I knew that okay this guy's gonna make my life it's gonna make it's gonna make it a bad day I knew that day was gonna be a long bad day and it was but uh, shippers treatment by shippers never affected me at all about as far as turnover yeah you know, if I got treated bad by a shipper I tell my dispatcher I ain't going back there again don't even dispatch me and uh, they were pretty good about that stuff. Another factor associated with the driver shortage is FMCSA's Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse, a database containing information on commercial driver license holders' drug and alcohol violations. The ATA supports FMCSA's Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse, but Costello noted it is having an effect on the driver pool. Many truckers who have been issued drug violations have not started the procedures necessary to re-enter the industry. Well, Bob, let's take that back to the ELD. <laughs> the ELD, I, I said this years ago, the ELD is going to drive people out of the industry. Just, you know, uh, uh, that ELD, what's wrong with the paper log book? Okay, people are going to fudge their logs. You put that EL. Uh, okay, let me put it this way. Uh, in Arkansas... I, okay, uh, to go up to Elkhart, Indiana, I used to have to go up there all the time. Okay, I, I, you know, I could drive up there, but when I was pulling a trailer coming back, 
I would run out of hours in Joplin, Missouri. From Elkhart to Joplin, that's where I would run out of hours, period. 11 hours. I'd take a 10-hour break. Supposed to, anyway. I'm 150 miles from the house. Not going to happen. You know, you get you get a truck, a driver 30 miles away from home, and he's out of hours. What do you think? Well, with the ELD, there's no playing around. At least, to my knowledge, there is no fudging it. Paper log, you know, you could do just something and get some of that time back and make it home. Now, I'm not condoning, I, I'm not condoning drivers go down the road tired. I'm just saying there has to be some common sense here. And it appears that uh, the people that get put behind a desk to make decisions for the trucking industry have no clue. They wouldn't know how to start a truck. They wouldn't know how to open a trailer door. That's my issue. That's my problem with it. Drug and alcohol clearinghouse. Come on. ELDs, man. Let's get rid of them. Now, I have talked to drivers. Matter of fact, my neighbor across the street, he's old timer too. You know, he, he's been driving. His, he's probably started a little bit before I did, or if not at the same time I did back in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s. He likes the ELD. He don't have a problem with it. But uh, I just don't get it. I, I just don't see it. I, I, I don't think I could... Don't think I would... Uh, be a good driver with an ELD. I'd be in trouble all the time, probably. Let's see. No, uh, oh, he goes on talking about the uh, FMCSA's drug and alcohol clearinghouse. It has gotten rid of a number of drivers who should not be driving. That is a good thing. Well, you know, honestly, they're, if they're the trucking company's employee... The trucking company should be getting rid of them. They shouldn't need a clearinghouse to do that. You know, there, there are telltale signs. I had a driver when I had my small fleet. You know, I just hired the guy. He was a good guy, just nice as could be. We talked. He passed his physical drug test, no problem. Put him on the truck. I think it was his first load. It was his first load. I get a call from the Kentucky State Police. Yes, sir. Are you Michael? Yes, I am. I am Trooper so-and-so, so-and-so with the Kentucky State Police. Do you have a driver named? Yes, I do. He came across our way station. He had uh, marijuana in his truck. Where was it? He had a roach in the ashtray. I thought, you idiot. They put him in jail. I had to fly up to Indianapolis and catch a ride down to Kentucky to get my truck. But anyway, a little bit later that day, that driver calls me. Hey, Mike, I guess you heard. Yes, I did. Hey, could you come check me the money you owe me? The money I owe you? <laughs> Why don't you tell me where I send the bill for the plane ticket, the time I'm going to have to go up there and spend getting my truck? <gasps> oh. Conversation over. Haven't talked to him again. But anyway, that's that. But, uh... What else is... Oh, in terms of equipment, Costello pointed out a declining trend in for higher power units despite the solid freight market. A declining trend in for higher uh, carrier power... Is this guy trying to say trucks aren't buying new... Or trucking companies aren't buying new tractors? I don't know. I think the, I think the records that we've talked about lately kind of dispute that, but that's neither here nor there, right? 
In the large truckload sector for higher carrier power units, fleets trends are down 6% year-to-date in 2021, a substantial drop from 0.4% decline in the uh, sector recorded in 2020. The small truckload sector's power unit fleet trends revealed a 3.3% drop, which has plunged to 4.9% decline so far this year. What in the world is he talking about? In terms of equipment, Costello pointed out a declining trend in for higher carrier power units despite the sell. I don't know what they're trying to say here, but that makes no sense to me. Uh, you know, I ain't the brightest bulb on the tree, but uh, not the dimmest either. It is what it is. Unless he's talking, if he's talking about new trucks. Okay, well, you know, it is what it is. Maybe they're not trading them in. But uh, I've seen reports. I know, I know used truck sales. Uh, highest it's been in years. The the cost anyway. Cost by use truck. Anyway, he goes on to say today's market freight is good. Freight is good. There's a lot of freight out there. Rates are up. I don't know of a trucking company that doesn't want to grow their fleet in their environment. In that environment, they're actually contracting. They're actually contracting. My goodness, a trucking company contracting. How about that? Costello pointed out to a few factors uh, to explain this contraction in fleet equipment. Okay, I guess that's what he's talking about, downsizing. He suggested fleets are having difficulty adding drivers and selling. Okay, how do you have a driver shortage if you don't have trucks to put those drivers in? <laughs> anyway, if you want to know where I think this is all headed, I think the big trucking companies want autonomous trucks. That way they don't have to pay drivers, bottom line. They do away with the driver. They do away with that problem. A driver having to sleep. A driver wanting to get home. Autonomous truck, the truck can stay out there indefinitely. The problem is, autonomous trucks, in my opinion, are a dream, a figment of somebody's imagination. Yeah, the technology's there. But are you, are you really, are, do you think J.B. Hunt's going to go out here and replace their equipment, you know, by 5,000 autonomous trucks? You know they're going to be huge. The money, the, pri the price tag is going to be astronomical. I mean, all that technology, it's going to be cost of an airplane. Do you think that's really going to happen? Do you know how much it would raise freight rates? And that uh, transportation charge uh, would be passed on to the consumer so that, you know, $5 cup of coffee you get at Starbucks or whatever. You know, I've never been to Starbucks. $5 for a cup of coffee, that just blows me away anyway. But, uh, yeah, you, you get autonomous trucks delivering that coffee. Hello, $15 per cup. See what I'm saying? No, I just don't see it. Plus... The people on the road. Uh, you know, I would not want to have my family going on down the highway and have an autonomous truck be right next to me. Just not my idea of a good time. Not my idea of a good time. Anyway, you can comment if you want. You can uh, send us an email, go to our website, leave uh, comments, or use a contact form anyway. If you have questions, you want to uh, leave a message or comments, 
email me, fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. Again, our website, freightbrokertv.com. That's today's topic. We've pretty much burned up the whole half hour, and we're still not done. Olympics, been keeping up with that? I haven't. You know, it's a sad day when you got amateur athletes participating in the Olympics as an American athlete. That is anti-American. Isn't that something? I just don't get it. And it's showing. I, I think the majority of Americans think these, you know, the, these athletes and stuff doing this kind of, I mean, yeah, they're just nuts in this country. It's all it amounts to. 16.7 million people, uh, U.S. viewers, tuned in for the Olympic opening ceremonies for the Olympics, 2021 Tokyo Olympics, across all platforms, including NBCOlympics.com and the NBC Sports app. 16.7 million people. You know, that's not just TV. That's everything combined. And even with all of it combined, it was a 33-year low for the event. 33-year low. People don't care about the Olympics, and it's their fault. Uh, you know, I, I used to be, I remember a kid growing up, man, the Olympics coming around. Oh, it's Olympic year. Yay, cool. We, you know, be glued to that TV. You know, didn't you love it when you were a kid? The Olympics were in another country and the live events would be at 2 o'clock in the morning. You get to stay up all night. Come on, Mom. <laughs> anyway. Okay, this is going to sound weird, but it's true. Philip Morris International says it will stop selling Marlboro cigarettes in Britain within a decade. And they called on the UK government to ban the sale of its tobacco products. Why? That's weird. Isn't that what they sell? Something's up. Keep an eye on Philip Morris. Now, this is uh, coming from American Airlines. Heed this warning. They are predicting a possible fuel shortage in the future. Yeah, well, of course they are. Every, there's a shortage on everything right now. I mean, for crying out loud. All right, today's Tuesday, July 27th. You know, there's a holiday. Every, every day is, there, there is a national day of something. And this is, uh, today's no different. You know, when I was a kid growing up, I used to think, okay, you know, one thing per day. But no, you can, you can pile it on, man. Take your pick. Today is take your houseplant for a walk day. Think about that. Yeah, I'm going to take my houseplant for a walk. Uh, take your pants for a walk day. Bagpipe appreciation day. I can go for that. I like a good bagpipe. I know a lot of people say this is screaming. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. You know, I like something about bagpipes. If they if somebody can play them, you get, you know, the, I don't know what you, the ensemble, a group of the band. I don't know. I don't want to say bagpipe band because I don't sound right. But anyway, you get the idea. National Chicken Finger Day. It's National Creme Brulee Day. National Scotch Day. Yeah, scotch, a good scotch and a good cigar. Not anymore, though. You're back in the day. Walk on stilts day. Boy, that's a day. I want to see people walking on stilts. That's a $10,000 video somewhere. All right. Then it's going to about wrap it up. We went a little bit longer than we expected, but we're going to be doing these uh, FBTV Podcast Extra. 
I expect these, I know this is Tuesday, but expect them on Monday and Friday. And uh, keep in mind that that could change. That could change. Having a birthday today. Happy birthday to you. You're in pretty good company. Norman Lear, 99. Bobby Gentry, Old to Billy Joe. Bobby Gentry having a birthday today. Peggy Fleming, talking about Olympics. U.S. figure skater Peggy Fleming, she's having a birthday today. She won gold back in 68. J-Lo's ex, Alex, having a birthday today. See, if he would have never got with J-Lo, I would have said, Alex Rodriguez of the Yankees. But no, he goofed. He's always going to be J-Lo's ex now. <laughs> He's having a birthday today. All right, I'll get out of here. Oh, we can't get out of here without telling you this. Bugs Bunny's birthday's today. He made a he made his debut. In 1940 in the uh, animated short, A Wild Hair. So, now you know. All right, go have a great a great Tuesday. It's July 27th, 2021, unless, of course, you've made other plans. And uh, video podcast should be coming up tomorrow. Take care.